0: Welcome to our last Tuesday of the month book discussion and podcast. Just a couple of librarians talking about books we think others might enjoy. April's read is River of Teeth by Sarah Gailey. And spoiler alert, we usually end up discussing endings and key plot points in this podcast. I'm Amy and joining me today is Jenny Gardner, Library Director at North Liberty Library. Hello. Hi. It's awesome to be able to talk about this book with you. I know you are a history fan. So what did you think about this kind of alternate history plot point?
1: You know, I actually was when I first read the blurb for the book, I was like, oh, that's crazy. And then I was traveling while I was reading it and I was trying to explain it to my husband and our friends and they were like, "Mm mm-hmm, that's (laughs) really weird. (laughs) But I'm like, but it's actually really gripping. And it was. It was hard to put down once I started reading it. At first, I was sort of appalled, or I don't know what word I want to use, but taken aback by the whole concept, (laughs) especially at the beginning of the book. But
0: yes. So the anchor point for this novel, for folks who have not read it yet, is a bill that. I don't even know if it was introduced, I don't remember how far it got, but it was a bill that would allow the United States to import hippos from Africa, mainly, I believe, is what that bill stated, and use those hippos as a way to clear the rivers, specifically the Mississippi, I believe, of plant life and stuff that had grown to be a hazard or a nuisance maybe for ships
1: And they were thinking they could then produce hippo meat and make it a viable option over beef or whatever, too, which is interesting.
0: Were there specific thoughts that you had about how that might shape us? Or did you think that the author's take on it was something that you would have realistically or not seen happening?
1: I actually looked it up a little bit, tried to read some of the historical points on it. And she does play with the time frame a little bit and moves it back in time. But I thought, you know, you think about the size and the massiveness, but also the strength of a hippo is pretty terrifying, really. They're monstrous. The idea of somebody riding along on one is kind of hilarious. I actually kept trying to picture it as a movie throughout the book, thinking this could be a movie. The idea that she puts it sort of this Western twist on it too, and makes it almost cowboyish on these hippos and the hoppers, the name, I think she ties it up pretty well the way she handled it and the characterization of the humans who are adopting these animals or taking these animals is pretty crazy. As far as us, I think that it actually her idea of these feral hippos escaping into the wild, we have maybe a smidgen of that already in agriculture where that happens. But I can't imagine, again, with the size of them and the destruction that they could do I don't think it would be very viable. They said that they did actually create the bill and then it just died before it ever made it through Congress. They never had a chance to get through it. And the person who had been part of the introductory thing actually passed away the next year before it had a chance to come back.
0: Talk about fate intervening. That's really interesting. I'm glad you brought that up. I think that what you said about the author bringing in the cowboy element is really interesting. And like you said, with the movie, it reminded me of the movie that was like Cowboys and Aliens. Is that what it was called? So kind of like that weird Western genre. Yes, it could definitely be a movie, although it could be also one of those movies that would be very difficult to do. I don't know how many Hippos are tame enough.
1: You have to use machines. I mean, something like King Kong.
0: (laughs) Yes, yeah, or like some serious CGI work or something, yeah. Which would be really interesting to see. Like, all the different personalities of the hippos was fun, Mm -hmm. just like humans. And Houndstooth is a character. Like, he was the character that like pulled everybody together, I feel like. I don't know. There were some reviews that I read that were like, "What? why was Houndstooth even in the book? And you're like, well, he's there to pull everybody together. He's like George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven.
1: Yeah, there isn't a lot of depth to him. I mean, honestly, there isn't a lot of depth to it. It's a novella, so it's pretty short and would be pretty difficult to draw too much into the characters outside their relationships with each other. She does a great job with the relationship, but yeah, the characterization doesn't go real deep.
0: Yeah, I agree. Even the short snippets, like you said, the relationship building that was created even was really great. But yeah, there was definitely a lack of depth. There is a sequel to this, which I'm I interested in.
1: It's called Taste of Marrow. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I might think, actually have to read it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I will definitely be reading it. And one of the characters that drew me in was Archie. If I remember correctly, Archie is in the second one from what I've read, and there may be somewhere a play with that character. So I'm excited for that. And also just to see how the relationship between Hero and Houndstooth Mm -hmm. develops or doesn't develop. I think that is interesting because Hero is so like, and they all are, they kind of seem very solitary and independent, even though they have a maybe small community. They all, but in particular, Hero seemed very much kind of on the cusp of community. And I th- was thinking about how lonely that is in lots of ways.
1: Mm-hmm. I think as she drew Houndsooth as the person who brings them together, you think of Hero as the person who keeps them together. or They kind of tie them. I feel like all the characters liked them. Over the other characters, that they were the one person that everyone actually liked.
0: <laughs> yes, because by the end of the book, spoiler, Adela is like kind of cast in a more villainous light. It's very, yes, yeah, and so there's some falling out probably there, and even like in the beginning, there seems to be some shallow connections with Adela. Mm -hmm. That again, that character to me seems a little on the outskirts as well. But yeah, I would agree that Hero seems like a connector and somebody that they all enjoyed being around, which was interesting because to me, Hero being kind of solitary, independent and by use of pronouns, potentially identifying as trans, Mm -hmm. but we don't see them interacting with any other known trans characters in the book which I thought was interesting. I seem to often read books where trans characters don't have community, which I don't think is always accurate in life, because if we're going through spaces, creating that safe space is often a priority for folks in the LGBTQ community. So I don't know. I thought that that was interesting, but this is also in a rural setting. So maybe there was some connection to it in that way. Cause we yeah. don't see them in a big city.
1: I liked that. She just downplayed that anyway. I mean, there's no questioning that the pronouns they use the pronoun they mm-hmm. throughout the whole book. Everyone does with no questions asked and they seem accepted with no questions asked, which I kind of enjoyed. I kind of liked that piece. Mhm. I would like to see that in the movie also.
0: Yeah. So there are no questions asked about their identity in that way. There are eyebrows raised Mm -hmm. around Houndstooth. And I had to do some research about this because it's not explicitly stated, but Houndstooth, the author did create them as a biracial character. And I think what I read in the article, the intention was a... British Korean biracial character.
1: I got that there was an Asian component, but I wasn't sure.
0: Yeah, there were several times in the novel where that was drawn attention to. Mm -hmm. I was interested in why the author had chosen that as being something to draw attention to. I don't know if it was an attempt at recognizing the impact of race in America. And even though that this is a fantasy world, that's still a reality in this space. I thought that was interesting. Was there a point in the book that made you cringe or almost made you not read further?
1: You know, I don't know if there was a point where I didn't want to read further. I don't know if it was cringe, but more sort of dismay and shock when the boy Neville is eaten. I was like, what? We didn't even get to know him. (laughs) Felt really wrong, but she took him right out at the very beginning.
0: Yes. That was definitely like the first like, oh, shocker. Yeah, I would agree with that. There was kind of a cringe moment for me when our main villain of the story, and of course, it's been a while, so I can't remember his name, the gentleman who owned the barge and the gambling halls, Calhoun? Travers. Travers. So when he is threatening i guess is the best way to put it and like cuts his ear off and i'm just like it definitely sets you still like in the mood and place of Mm -hmm. what we think of as like wild west and western justice but not really justice i can see where it was necessary and like development of the story and things i was like (sighs) oh just made me take a deep breath Mm -hmm. but he works as a really good villain Uh, I definitely didn't like him.
1: He's a mean man. He's bad. Bad news.
0: Yeah, he was definitely that classic kind of Western villain that we see. And his kind of monopoly over the land and his control over that area and I mean, the whole plot of the government trying to take the land back and whatnot is interesting.
1: And it's sort of iffy if they are really actually the ones hiring them or not. I mean, you're always kind of wondering, is it really them or is it somebody posing or what's the deal there? But I thought it was interesting that he allowed them in and to stay I mean, obviously he knew what was going on, so that's why. But at the beginning, I was like, why is he letting them in there if he knows to the Harriet Inn? Um, And the Harriet was the piece of land. Did you read that in the history too? Oh, no, I didn't. It was the name of it, and it was a president. I can't think which president. They talked about multiple presidents involved, or she does in the back of the book when she does her appendix, which is not true. And maybe it's not even true that it was, but they said that it was named after President Buchanan's favorite cow (laughs) but I don't know if that's true or that's just something that she made up for this because this is a made oh yeah the Harriet's named after Buchanan's favorite pet cow so probably made up I'm sorry I'm confusing between the timeline she writes in the back and the Real timeline that I was reading today.
0: Yes. By the way, for anybody who reads the book and doesn't listen to the audiobook or anything, that appendix is really cool. It is cool. I enjoyed it. And uh,
1: she says $25,000, but in all, in reality, it was $250,000 in the bill.
0: Yikes. Or
1: 150000 It was another zero on there.
0: Oh my gosh, can you imagine $250,000 in the 1800s? That would I can't just. remember be... now if
1: it was 150 or 250 but still a, a large still. amount of money. They were supportive of it. The, then the next year, they weren't. The FDA and other people said that's just a dumb idea that people love beef. And then they said they should make it pasture land, turn it into pasture land for more beef raising.
0: Yeah, that's another thing like importing animals. I mean, I know that animals are imported frequently or given like i know that in i'm gonna get this timeline wrong but i want to say in the 40s or 50s iowa actually gave hogs to japan for them to raise after the war and now that same lineage is still in japan so there's iowa pigs in japan i always found that interesting (laughs)
1: So it talks about hippos and then also giraffes and potentially white rhinoceros. There were small birds as well. I can't remember what the bird was called, but it said the bird the size that you'd want for your Thanksgiving feast. Oh, they're called dick dicks, weighing six to 10 pounds, perfect for a Christmas feast. (laughs) That's what it says in this blog or this essay about it. And it was $250,000. I wanted to look and see. For the lake cows, as the hippos were going to be known. The lake cows.
0: Gosh, like I never even had heard about this before. So I was just fascinated by that as a potential turning point. And it makes me think about all the other potential bills or things that the United States didn't do. <laughs> But overall, I think this was a great, weird Western. And I've read other books by this author. And in 2020, I believe they released the book Upright Women Wanted. It's another Western, but it is a take on librarians. So, of course, I loved it. Librarians as being kind of subversive librarians for the Wild West. It was pretty great. Okay, but before I get into recommendations, was there anything in your mind about this book or the author that you think will stick with you?
1: You know, you'll laugh because when I first read it, as I was reading the ending, I was like kind of reading it fast. Like I was excited about at the ending. I mean, I was soaking it in. And first I thought that they were saying that Adela was in on this whole plot, that the thing was a plot from the start and that she was part of it. And then in rereading it, as I was preparing just to talk about it more I realize, oh no, she's behind that door, laying in wait to prey on them. So that, I really want to learn more about her nasty character.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So is that your inspiration for continuing in the next book then? I think that
1: and just knowing about Hero and then what, if anything will develop there. The whole idea is just so fun that I still hope someday maybe it'll be a movie or a really bad B-movie on Netflix or something.
0: (laughs) I would take that. I would take a B-movie. It might even... Be better as a B movie rather than trying to True. <laughs> cast it as a whole big thing. But awesome. Well, thank you, everybody. And thank you, Jenny, for joining us. If you enjoyed this month's read and are looking for more books to add to your reading list, you might want to try The Hunger by Alma Katsu, Binti by Mindy Okorafor, All Systems Red by Martha Wells. And I will be back in May with Kelly to discuss Trick Mirror Reflections on Self-Delusion by Gia Tolentino. We hope you'll join us again.